Hello, soccer fans, and welcome to the eighth episode of the Fantasy Doctor Soccer Podcast. We are your hosts, physical therapy students Berg, here with myself, Andy. What's Sarah. up, guys? And here at the Fantasy Doctors, we use our expertise in the world of sports as well as medicine to bring you the most up-to-date injury news. Um, today's a great day, Berg. How you doing today, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, we are nearing the end of my last internship. I mean, my last clinical um, rotation, and then we're about to start the process for an interview. So I've been really busy today. I didn't get a chance to watch the Manchester United game, which <laughs> which I heard was pretty entertaining. Yeah, that, that was a real good game. I got a chance to catch that one. Um, but just to update the listeners on a little bit about how my school is going, I am almost done with my second semester at Duke DPT, and I have... Um, seven more to go, actually six yeah. more to go. So still new, still yeah, new. I'm still a new guy, <laughs> but, but let's get into some, some soccer stuff here. Yeah. Um, great news for Bayern Munich. Manuel Neuer is officially, um, back in training. It is modified training, but yeah. Berg, what, what's your thoughts on this whole thing? And how do you think he's going to return to the starting lineup? Um, well, it's, it's Neuer we're talking about, right? There's, there's no, there's no question he's going to start. <laughs> I mean, it's not even a question. He's going to start. Uh, just to give the, the listeners a, a little bit of background, Noah had a hairline fracture. And um, on his fifth metatarsal, it's basically um, that long bone that it, – it's in between that long bone, that run between your, your, your pinky, your toe pinky. I don't know if, it, if that's the right word to call it. And it's between that bone and your ankle, right? And it's usually clinically what we find – that that part is the one that's actually most fractured. And what made it worse is that he had that fracture before. And um, I guess he ended up kind of worsening it um, doing training and whatnot. So it, it took him a while to actually get back to it. I was kind of surprised too just by how long it actually took to recover. But then when I sit down and think about it, you know, you're putting a lot of weight on your foot. You know, it's, it's that part is always gets stressed. So the, the recovery period for it needs to be really long. And so, but, you know, I'm happy for him that he's back. Yeah. And just to go into a little bit more about the injury history, um, he fractured his bone. It was actually a non-contact injury in the yep. UCL quarterfinals or semifinals last year versus Real Madrid. Um, he was supposed to be back in time for the start of this season. Yeah. Um, that got a little delayed, but when he came back for training is when he refractured it. So I think just because of that, they were being a little bit more cautious about mm-hmm. when he was going to come back. But to give him credit, he did say that um, back in <laughs> September or October, he said, quote, I'll be back for the Champions League final. Wow. And it looks like he may, he may be on time for that. See, he 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 thinks Byron's gonna make it to the final too. That's, yeah. uh, <laughs> that's another thing. That's another thing. But he did. Um, I, I watched the interview they did with him. He said um, he feels good. He ran. He said this is the first time he actually ran a hundred percent. By that, I take that he ran maybe three to five miles without taking any breaks. So, which is a good sign. Yeah, it's great for him, and it's great for all of football to see him back. Um. Do you think with maybe the form that Mark andre Ter Stegen is in at Barcelona and given the fact that 
he's been starting more so for Germany in the past year. Do you think yeah. that maybe he won't, he might have to really prove himself before going to the World Cup? Or um, what's your I thoughts? Definitely, I definitely think that he needs, how many games does Bayern have? Um, I know they just won the, 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 the title, but how many games do they have um, till the season end? I would say maybe six or seven at the most. So he needs to play those six to seven games to, to get back in form and to prove to the um, international coach that he's ready to play. He's fit and he's ready to play. His reaction time is still on point. He's still world-class. He needs to prove all of that. So he, he, it's vital for him to actually play in the, the, the last six to seven games. Um, is he going to be picked for the squad? Absolutely, he's going to be picked, but now it's a matter of who gets to start. That right? is true, but do you do you think he would start, right? Because if I'm Jupp Heineke, is the manager of Bayern Munich, and my, my backup keeper has gotten me to, let's say, the, the UCL final, are you going to bench him for Manuel Neuer at that point? That's what I might. That's what I, in the beginning I said. Yeah, he he, he will definitely start. I think, um, I think he they definitely gonna make have him start the 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 last seven games, just for him to get fit. Because you know what what point do the do the backup keeper has any points to you know prove at this point? Like they already won the league, so yeah, he can relax and have newer actually get back into form. Now it's a matter of, you know, I think there's no question that he will start for Bayern. I think it, there's a question now whether he's going to start for in a World Cup. That's just my question. UCLA final, to be honest with you, I think um, it, it's, it's better to go with the backup keeper just because he has been on form and he had, you know, he had played with the team and made it this far. So why, why change the dynamic? But we'll see. That is very, very true. We'll see. We'll definitely keep you updated on that. Um, and going over to Liverpool, right? Adam mm-hmm. Lallana out with yet another hamstring injury. What's your thoughts on this? I mean, um, I think Liverpool have actually made it this far without him. Because, you know, to give you context, guys, uh, Lallana has been injured pretty much all se- all season long. He actually only made 13 appearances so far for the club this year. I mean, this, this football year. So it's for Liverpool, him being injured is not really a concern just because we were able to by we, I'm, I mean myself, cause I'm a Liverpool fan. I'm saying we here, <laughs> I'm saying we here, but yeah, uh, Liverpool were able to actually make it this far without him. So him being injured is not too much of a concern for this, the, the the team. But in terms of for England, now that's that's a little bit of concern because um, you you need a player like Lanana on the midfield, and even though the midfield for for um, England is is stacked, but Lanana have quality, and you definitely need him even on the bench i mean now it's what's weird about it though i don't know if you can pitch in on this andy but he sub 63 minutes into the game right mm-hmm. he sub in started running and then he fell and there was a t- tackle um but the tackle wasn't really directed at him but he kind of got caught into the crossfire 
and then he fell. But the way he fell, he fell in 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 a in a position where that put some stress on his hamstring. And then literally five minutes later, after he he sub in, injury happened. He didn't even play a full five minutes into the game. Wow. Huh. Yeah. That's very so that, interesting. That's crazy to me. Now I'm 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 questioning again. You know. The, the the medic the, the 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 rehabilitation staff and and what they do and whether or not this guy actually came back a little bit too early yeah that that is very very true and um i'm starting to see some things from germany actually trickle over to the the epl because it seems yeah. like jurgen klopp is getting a little bit strict on what he gives out yeah. to the media in terms of injury <sighs> wait give me some context because um, yeah, so just to transition to some more Liverpool news, um, Mohamed Salah is also out with a groin injury um, going down in the UCL quarterfinals versus Manchester City. Um, and after he was subbed out, Mohamed Salah was, quote, say, um, saying that he was, quote, unquote, good and he should be okay. Um, mm. And after that, um, the manager was stated that he does know more information about the injury and about the recovery time, but he just will not disclose it to the public. Come on, Klopp. Now you just make our job so much harder. <laughs> Seriously. That is very true. And, I mean, it's tough on our end, and it's tough especially for the fans. Um, like, I can understand why from a managerial perspective that you want to really keep that information tight within the club that is to true. make sure that the opponent can't really plan for whatever's going to happen. Yeah, but at the same time, you might have to let the fans know. Yeah. I think, I, I think it's more strategical than anything else. You know, they, they're trying <laughs> to scare city. They try to scare city. Yep. So we'll see what happens there. We'll and Going over to London, Harry Kane coming back almost a month earlier than expected from his ankle injury. Um, I think it's because that maybe us and the media, we kind of saw that snapshot of, of his ankle being pretty much turned on its side. And yeah. at least from my perspective, I immediately came to the conclusion that um, those ligaments were partially torn. Um, and because of that, that would drastically increase the amount of time needed to recover, but maybe not. Maybe it was a lighter ankle grade sprain and, um, yeah, yeah, maybe that's how he came back sooner. What do you think? Um, well, I mean, we, how did we do, I forgot like if we actually were really specific on our prediction, but I think we actually gave a time frame, and he came back within that, that time frame, really. But I think, yeah, like you said, the way the injury happened, you you think that it will be worse than it actually is. But hey, listen, it's better. <laughs> it's better for Tottenham that is back, right? Did he score? To, did he score today? I didn't get to watch the game. I don't know if he scored today, but he, I think he scored last week. So he he's definitely back oh. and flowing. Wow, he's, he's back. He's yeah. back. Huh? Yep. Wow. That's fast. That was fast. Yeah, very fast. I think, at least on my prediction on my Instagram page, I predicted the beginning of May. So that's, that's a little bit sooner than I expected. Um, but I may have made that post like a week before we kind of discussed it here. Um, but yeah, I thought he, was, he came back a lot sooner than expected. Maybe he has a, he's trying to prove a point between 
um, now in the World Cup that he is undoubtedly a starter for England, which I think he is at this point. I mean, um, who, else, who else are you going to put in the front line? That's very true, actually. <laughs> so, nothing to prove there. Take that back. But. Oh, God. <laughs> that would be a good segue, though, to talk about, like, strikers for England, but we can talk about that sometimes later. <laughs> Um, going over to PSG, Brazil, Neymar, just when you think you know everything, more news comes out. Apparently, I don't know if you guys recall, there was a lot of disagreement between Neymar's camp in Brazil versus PSG's camp in terms of whether or not, um, Neymar would come back before the season ended and whether or not he needed surgery. And Mm -hmm. it has actually come out that, um, the doctors in Brazil had a translation issue with the doctors in Paris. Uh, I have a quote here for you guys, actually, um, says the doctor from Brazil. He says, since the first moment, we agreed with PSG about the diagnosis. What they consider a fissure, we mm. call a fracture. In the end, we were saying the same thing. Um, Barry, can you give the, the listeners a little bit of insight on fissure versus fracture and so, how they are? This is this is kind of ridiculous, right? I mean, well, because as as physical therapy student, we have some knowledge on you know the kind of fracture. When when they say fracture, guys, fracture means a lot of things. Just because someone said you know they fracture their ankle, they fracture their humerus, whatever bone part is. It, it, it doesn't narrow it down to, like, the average population will say, oh, fracture, I mean, bone is broken. But for us clinicians, fracture means a lot of things. There's this many different kind of fracture. There's fracture where, you know, the bone comes out of you, just pulls out, and you can see it through the skin. They call this open fracture. There's closed fracture where the fracture happened, but no bones actually pierce your skin. There's fracture where you have a hairline fracture, which is what I think they're talking about here, fissure fracture. But it's kind of like a string of hair onto your bone. I don't know if that paint with the picture really. And then there's also something called commutative fracture, where it's like multiple, it's like a compound fracture where you have the bone is actually cut into many different pieces. So it's, it's, when they say fracture, they really need to be precise on what kind of fracture they're talking about. I think for the general population, they don't reveal that kind of information. And this is what, where all this confusion is coming from. But I'm pretty, pretty certain between you know, the doctors and all the therapists, they knew what kind of fracture they had. I think the coaches and the higher-ups didn't really understand what was going on. And that's what caused the confusion. Yeah, and tell me if this is a, like a good analogy of this that I kind of just thought of. Um, when, what most public think of a fracture, it's like you take, you go outside, you take like a stick and you crack it in half, yep. right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Versus a hairline fracture. Imagine you have like a piece of ice, right? And yep. you drop it on the floor and you can see that it's cracked, but it still has its shape. Exactly. That's a perfect example right there. It's, I like that one. <laughs> I like that one. There we go. That's, that's a hairline fracture, guys. That was good. Yeah, so uh, imagine those as like two different types of fractures. And it seems like in terms of translation, um, maybe there was like some sort of issue in terms of the two doctors thought that they conveyed the message, but they didn't. But it's good now that they're in agreement. Um, It was resolved relatively quickly, I guess, within a week. But even so, 
um, that kind of disagreement um, really needs to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Like I said, I think it's the people higher up, the, the non-medical people that got confused because you have a, how do you determine you have a fracture, right? You do an x-ray. An x-ray is read the same way. I mean, if, if both parties, um, the, the, the Silasau team and PSG team are sharing medical um, results, like you will see the image from the x-ray and you interpret it the same way. It's, it's not interpreted differently in, 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 in different country. Yes, they have different name, but when you look at the x-ray, you immediately recognize what time of fracture it is. So I, that's what I, I'm confused by the, con, I'm confused by the confusion, <laughs> really. Because <laughs> the medical staff, if, if we put a medical staff from Brazil and a medical staff from PSG and they both reading the imaging result from the x-ray, they will see the same thing. Yeah, true. So yeah. I don't know. And, and just to go off how the, the non-medical people per se really do kind of have a chance to um, change the message is I was reading a little bit more on Felipe Luis' leg yeah. fracture, his lower leg fracture. And directly in the medical report, it said that he has a broken fibula, right? Which is the skinny bone in your lower leg that's mm-hmm. on the outside. And the, the media kind of interpreted that as, okay, um, the public doesn't know what a fibula is. You know what? I'm just going to say he has a broken shin bone. Uh, no. No, 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 no. See, and then if me and you read the report, we say broken shin bone. Okay, he has a broken tibia. Completely yeah. different. Very, very yeah. different. So that's just another example on how messages, and this is all within one language. This is all in English. So imagine it going across <laughs> languages. It, it just gets worse and worse. Yeah, broken <laughs> shit, which is completely something else completely. Yeah. Oh my god. So if you're reading in reports out there saying that Felipe Luis is definitely ruled out of the World Cup due to a broken shin bone, that could be a little different. But moving onwards to Barcelona, Lionel Messi. Um, there's this fantastic graph on Reddit that pretty much compares Messi to the rest of all the players in the Champions League this season, um, comparing meters run on average versus goals and assists for your team. Berg, tell us, tell us about these results. W- what do you find amazing about them? You know what? Go first. Because you know why? I don't watch a lot of Barca game. I have my opinion. Uh you go go you go first. you go first you go first all right i i wish i could show you this graph i wish you guys could all see this graph in front of me if you go on the internet type in messy running ucl reddit it should come up um but of all of the players that have played in the champions league this season Lionel messi is obviously like his goal scoring and assist numbers are obviously off the charts um top five top ten but he is ranked second to last in terms of total meters run out of everybody. That's On crazy. average, he runs almost dead last in, in comparison to not only Barcelona, but everyone else, all 32 teams in the Champions League, which I find honestly amazing. Um, I think it goes to prove that um, that just shows that he is 
arguably the best player ever. He is so efficient. And we are going to be lucky to see him play for many, many more years because the number one reason players don't play anymore is because they get injured. They can't the more they run and run, the more likely they are to get injured. And it just shows that Lionel Messi can have such a profound impact on his team without even running that much. Bro, to be honest with you, I, I almost don't believe the stat. I want to I wanna, I wanna investigate in the, 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 the source of this because just, just watching, yes, there's a component of being more efficient in that because it, it doesn't make any sense to me how – He's always there. He's always there. He's scoring goals. He's making incredible passes, but he's running less. So now I'm thinking, okay, um, does Messi track back? Does he track back? Does he track back to get the ball? Like, where is he in the midfield? I wish I watched more Barca game, to be honest with you, man. I would have actually known the answer to that. But does he track back to get the ball? Does he, does he do any – well, does, Messi doesn't do a lot of defensive work, but – the formation actually helps out with the defensive work for Barca. So I'm wondering, like, what's different here? See, oh, I, I think it has a lot to do with um, the freedom that he has on the pitch. And I think it actually has, now that I'm thinking about it, a lot to do with how he was growing up in Barcelona. Because for the listeners that don't know, he, had, he was very, very short when he was a kid. He had to have hormone therapy. And when he was very young, like 12, 13, 14, he had a lot of overuse injuries. Um, so I'm thinking that because of that, as a player, he developed to kind of be very energy conservative. You know, he's not going to run as much. He just has to find a way to impact his team without running as much. And I think the managers from when he was a youth to where he is now have really supported him in that. Um, when he was young, they kind of did it because um, they saw the promise in him, right? And they wanted to give him the opportunity to succeed. And now that he has proven that he can perform at that level, he has the freedom to do whatever he wants, including not track back. I mean, just thinking about what you said, though, I mean, most players – once they mature, and I'm not talking mature in terms of um, um, like being, well, as you get better as a soccer player and you start maturing into the game, you don't, need, you don't really need to run that much. You just need to know where you should be. And even Ronaldo, like you see, like if you compare how many distance Ronaldo, I mean, I'm sorry to bring in Ronaldo when you're talking about Messi, but <laughs> I think you know, there's a similar pattern here where, you know, those guys are not running as much anymore. Yeah. They just need to be, you they let the young guys run. And you see it. I don't know if you play pickup, Andy, but it's the same thing in pickup. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing in pickup. The Absolutely. old guys, the old guy, like the old guys, you know, the one in their 33, 34. Well, that's not old, but when you play pickup, there's a lot of young people. They let the young people do like the back and forth, go go track the ball but those guys the older guys they know where to be they know where the ball is going to be so they don't need to do that much run so i guess you're right in that matter where he's he's more efficient and i think that's what most players really that's what you should strive to be that's that prolongs your career you can be running like 17 miles <laughs> no I, absolutely 
Um, okay, let's transition back to the EPL for a little bit. Um, Klopp isn't happy right now. Fam. He is not happy with the Premier League because he feels that the league does not have a good structure for teams that are in the Premier League to really succeed in the Champions League. Um, so th- this is why, right? So this is one of the few times that um, Premier League teams ha- are advancing far into the European Champions League, right? You have two right. English teams in the quarterfinal. So Liverpool had a midweek game versus Manchester City on Wednesday. Yeah. He has a match. Um, he had a match today, early in the morning, and he has another match on Tuesday. Now, here, here's my opinion on this. Me as a Barcelona fan, um, I'm kind of used to this because I guess like my team always kind of makes it far in these, these um, competitions. But maybe Klopp isn't new to this. I don't know how it works in Germany. Um, but this was his quote on this whole situation. Yeah. This was speaking after the game on Wednesday. He says, we play again on Saturday. And if you want to see games like this, which was the fantastic game versus Manchester City, um, the Premier League has to think about this. That will be really tough. Everton are probably more happy about the fact that we're playing again so soon. And that isn't fair. Being in an international competition should not cause problems. It should be something good. Uh, we, we, are, we have to somehow find players for Saturday. I'm not over the moon. I'm really angry about people who make decisions in this league. If I have all of the players available and I don't pick the strongest 11, what happens then? That's his quote. What's your thoughts on it? So before that, um, how many cups do... I know England is, is more competitive because there's a, the teams are super competitive. That's... That's one thing, but it's also the way they play in England and the way the ref don't protect players as much. So there's more risk for injury. Now that's that. That's the aspect. The culture of English football does not really protect players that much. That we all know. Now let's talk about the cup. How many cups do they have in England? They have, they have two cups, which I think is the problem. Um, they have the League Cup and they have the FA Cup. And, and I, have, think, I think that puts a huge kind of strain on the middle of the season. What about the, the other cup, the Carabora? Yeah, that's, that's the League Cup. Yep. That's the League Cup. There's the FA there's, – okay, there's the Premier League. There's the FA Cup. There is the, 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 the Carabora Cup. Yep. So that's what? That's three. Is, that's there, is three. there another one? No, that's it. They have Community Shield, but that's one game at the beginning of the season. Okay, so that's, so that's three cups. There's, yeah, there's three three tournaments. You would say, and then what about in in Spain? How many how many tournament that they have in Spain? Um, this is all without the Champions League. In Spain, it's just two, um, just La Liga, Copa del Rey, and same thing in Germany. You have Bundesliga, and I think it's DFB Pokal is oh, the name of the cup. So we have we have this. So English, the English England have more more tournament throughout the year. Yeah. And the other thing is, um, I don't know how it is in Germany. I can speak on how it is in Spain. Um, In Spain, they actually wait to schedule the exact day and time of the game. Really? Yeah, they wait. They don't release those days and times until maybe about a week, maybe two weeks before the match. 
um, versus in England. And I think a big part of why this is different in England is because of the TV deals. Um, in England, this is all scheduled ahead of time, three, yeah. four, five weeks ahead of time. And I think this is just one of the drawbacks of being in the Premier League, right? And one of the benefits, obviously, is these TV deals bring in so much money that you have the capability to buy all these expensive players. But because of that, you have to have a better relationship with the TV companies. So yeah, if you have yeah. the side Derby, you have Everton versus um, Liverpool, and the TV company says, hey, we just gave you all this money. We need this game at Saturday at 1230. Well, guess what? That's what's going to happen. Oh, uh, I see what you mean. I see. I see what you mean there. But it, it well, at the same time, I think, well, there's the money aspect, but it all comes down to the number of cups, the number of games that they're playing throughout the year. I think they're playing way more games than any other league combined. But when you think about it, right, um, I guess that's why Pep was complaining about it too. I would love to actually go back when this podcast finished and just look up how many English team admitted to the to the Champions League final um, in 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 maybe thirty years spent, and just to see the pattern here and see if it's actually if it actually holds true. I, I can tell you right now off the top of my head, in the last decade, only one. Um, yeah, in the past decade, two English teams have made finals you had Chelsea back in 2012 and you had Manchester United in 2010 that's it yeah that's it since 2010 only two teams have made English finals and I'm pretty sure only three or four teams have progressed to the semifinals so these teams aren't making it very far yeah so also another question actually we should actually know this but now that we're talking about it, I have more questions. How many um, was were they playing three tournament? I mean, three cups for the past ten years, or did they just add a new cup like within the past five years? I think that they've been playing with these three cups for a while now. <clears throat> um, I know the FA Cup is very, very like legendary, and it's probably been around been around for a very long time. That's I don't old. know about the Carabao Cup. Um, but I think something needs to be done in England because yeah. um, even look at the number of teams that are playing in um, the Premier League and La Liga versus Bundesliga. Um, I actually just saw this on my phone looking at the Bundesliga table. There are only 18 teams in the Bundesliga. How many teams do we have in England um, um, Premier League? We got 20 in the Premier League and 20 in okay. most leagues like, um, like in Italy and in Spain. But okay. I mean, if you only have 18 teams, that's four less fixtures. That's four less games. Huh. Well, the other thing that um, I think, I guess we, we forgot to mention is that football in England is sort of like Hollywood in America. Like, this is, this is their sport. <laughs> this is their religion. So people want it all the time. So there's there's that, but there's also this pressure of okay, I want I want my fix, I want my game to watch, and you're providing that to the fan as well. But like like you said, like we did, something needs to be something needs to be done, and I think they probably getting that solution with that February break that's coming potentially might come next year. Yeah, um, going back over to Spain, Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. 
Tell us about him, bro. I mean, I, I was in awe. I'm, as a Barcelona fan, respect. That's all I got to say. What do you get? Oh, man. That's, that's why I like him. That's why he's my favorite player because that dude's an athlete. He works. He works. He works. He works. What you said? said his foot was eight feet in the air for that bicycle. You know, he's been trying to actually score a bicycle kick for many years now. Really? <laughs> yeah, he has not scored a bicycle kick ever. Huh. So to, to actually do that in a Champions League in that stage, that's, that's pretty incredible. And I love how he did not celebrate as much because he, he didn't expect it to go in. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't expect it to go in. But, man, eight feet in the air just show you just how high. Did you, when I watched the replay, because I was, I was in the clinic, I, I couldn't watch the game, you saw him track back. Like, he was not even within range. No. He actually had to run, like, maybe – I wouldn't say two or three yards to get in position for that kick. Oh, oh man. I was screaming when I saw the <laughs> Oh, man, yeah. And, again, this is one of the few players that transcends football. All my friends were sending me this goal that, had, that don't even like soccer. They were like, wow, that was amazing. And to have your foot be eight feet in the air is just absolutely astounding. Um, yeah, it's just respect to him, credit to him for doing that. Um, one of the most talented players of all time, Cristiano Ronaldo. And listen, if he keeps that up, <laughs> he might be a contender for the Ballon d'Or again. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be a tough race, and World Cup is going to have a lot to do with it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude. Dude. We have so much content to talk about <laughs> in the podcast because the World Cup is coming. World Cup is coming. That's our season. I'm excited. Yep. And our last topic for today, um, I was in debate with some of my friends. Um, They were saying away goals are stupid. They should be get rid of. Um, If it's tied, just go into extra time. That way it's more fair, um, which which in some aspects is true. And I said, you know what? I think that is a good idea. But I think away goals are better because away goals keep your players healthier. And I say this because away goals, um, they weren't designed for this, but they dramatically reduce the amount of times you need to go into extra time. And we all see it. Every single game that goes into overtime, players cramp up, players get injured. Yeah. And if I'm UEFA or um, the EPL or, or the World Cup or whoever, if I'm FIFA – I want my players healthy, regardless of what team they play for. If I'm having an El Clasico final, you know, Barcelona versus Real Madrid, or even a semifinal, I want Lionel Messi healthy. I want Suarez healthy. I want Ronaldo healthy. I want the whole squad healthy. So I will do everything in my power to make sure that happens. And if that means avoiding extra time, then yes, I'm in favor of it. Um, What are your thoughts on it? What's your opinion? What do you think? Bro, I think so. There are many layers to this, right? So, so I guess the, the the topic was does the OEGO rule prevent injury? So, the way the tournament is set up, you know, obviously the Champions League's been around for a while now, and they have it set up to a point where it's fair for most people. First, it's fair to the fan. You know, you have two you have two matches, one home, one away, so the fans don't have to travel that much. So that's fair for the fan there. You know, the, if, if Liverpool's playing, um, say Liverpool's playing um, enter, you know, Liverpool can stay at home for the home game and the home 
the home fan benefit from it. You know, they don't have to travel as much. And then you go into enter and the enter fan, you know, gets the same thing. You know, they don't have to go to travel to England, worry about passport or anything like that. They can stay home and watch the game. So that's fair for to the fans there. So imagine if they didn't have a way rule. Now they'll, they'll have to determine, all right, where do I, where do I play this game? Right? It's not going to yeah. be, oh, we're playing at Liverpool. What's that? Why, why is it fair? Like, they had to change the whole system to figure out, all right, so you have to win. How will they change the system? How will they pick where you play the game if they didn't have an away game? So that kind of make it fair for the team as well. So now it's, it's also fair economically for, you know, the big guys. You have two games. That yep. means double the money. <laughs> double yep. the money. That is true. Double, double the tickets. You know, it's, it's fair. It's, it's people that work in the stadium. You know, it, it's fair economically because, you, you know, you, you get to amass a lot of money instead of one. You, get, you have two opportunities now to amass money. So that's fair for the big guys as well, the, 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 you know, the owners. Mm-hmm. Now, is it fair to the players now? This, this, this is the, the question, right? I didn't think about that when you sent me this topic. I didn't think about um, overtime at, and not overtime. <laughs> what I'm saying overtime. I didn't think about additional time. Not additional time. Oh, my God. Overtime. Let's call it overtime. Yeah. Let's call it overtime. I didn't think about overtime for this. I thought about it's more games to the players. Mm, okay. It's more, you're still playing more games, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, you're not going into extra time, but you're still playing more games throughout the year. So if they're, if, if they're, uh, so once you get to the knockout stage, if let's say there are six games in the knockout stage. Now with the away Go um, away rule. That's now that's that's twelve games. Yeah. So that's that's more that's more work for the players. Obviously, if if they had a rule where there's no away goal, you have to win the day you play. Then I think they'll change the schedule. The schedule will be, I think, I don't know the way they will make it fair. Is if they had to lengthen the schedule, like make it in such a way that, you know, the, the, each game are, like, really far apart from each other. But they'll have to change the whole rule completely. But I still think the reason why I don't think it helped prevent injury is just because you're playing more games throughout the year. Obviously, there's, a, there's an intensity to it. If you play one game, then that game's going to be more intense. And I think if they didn't have away goals, the tournament will be much more competitive as well. Actually, you know what? There could be much more injury too. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm I'm looking at the stats and I'm like, we'll be. We don't have perspective. Do we know if you UCLA had? Um, did they have away goal from the beginning? I I don't know. Um, no. I think that maybe it was something that was added on maybe the past like decade or so. Okay. Um, I think it was because, I mean, here, here's my perspective on it as a fan as well. Personally, I hate penalties. I really do. <laughs> uh, it, I just yeah. feel like if someone is going to win, I think it's more fair to lose on away goals versus penalties because penalties does not show who the better team was. It just that simply says, okay, we ran out of time. Somebody has got to win. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Somebody has got to win. 
Yeah. And even, even if you have the best keeper in the world, does that really give you an advantage on penalties? Not really. So I just think that as a, as a fan and as a player, I would rather lose on away goals because it is something that you kind of are in control in, right? If, if you're in a game and you know, okay, it, the, the aggregate score is tied, but I'm down on away goals, I know that I have an opportunity to win the game. Because if I score, that puts me in control. Versus in penalties, no one's in control. It's just, it's pretty much random. It's a flip it's, of a it's coin. It's random at this point. Yep. So uh, I, don't, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be much more competitive too if they only play one game. And team like Barca and Real Madrid would not make it every year to the last stage of the game. This, this could happen or maybe have um, a neutral ground, right, for the, for the uh, knockout stages where maybe the city that's hosting the final, like I think this year it's in either Rome or Cardiff, I don't remember which one. I don't know. Um, wherever it is, maybe all of the knockout stage rounds will be hosted at that stadium. Right. Yeah. So that way you split the stadium 50, 50 fans travel to the stadium. You have one game. If it goes into extra time, so be it. It's only one game instead of two legs. So maybe it helps in that aspect, but just have one game and be done with it. But I don't know if that's going to happen because TV money. No, that plays a really big deal these days. Or they can just pick stadium um, in a country that's different from the two teams that's playing. (laughs) <laughs> that's also yeah. a good idea so yeah. bring money to other region mm-hmm. instead of you know your home country true but um, you know as a fan bro keep it two legs more games for me to watch <laughs> <laughs> that is very true um that's kind of all of what i have today bird do you have anything else for the no, listeners that's, that's about it i hope um liverpool maintain their um, status next was it in two weeks i think it's this week this week is this week oh yeah this week next well well yeah this next week because it's saturday just just make sure that you know they win because we know pep guardiola has a history of coming back because he did it with bayern Mm, multiple goals deficit so our defense need to be on point yep um that is it from me my handle if you want to follow is at the football physios football with a u um with an s at the end for physios on all social media platforms um be sure to follow the fantasy doctors right on all social fan um social media platforms if you want to keep in track with nfl nba mlb um all that information and podcasts on all those as well give those a look and berg what's your instagram handle just just find me at the soccer obsessed. All right, cool. So thank you very much for joining us. Have a great day and we'll see you guys next week.